is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, now the liberals are at war with themselves, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed that? It's funny, when this Hollywood stuff broke, and after some of the Fox stuff, I went on the air and I made clear several times that I have heard about things in different news organizations. Did I not say that, Mr. Producer? We're not going to go back and replay it repeatedly. And I heard, heard. That doesn't mean I've heard about these specific cases. I've heard actually about other cases. And I wondered, out loud to you, my beloved audience, what about the New York Times? What about CNN? What about the Washington Post? What about NBC, ABC, CBS? What about MSNBC and so forth? Are these all saintly places where angels work? No, there were liberals work. So something had to be going on. And uh, it looks to be the case. Another woman's come out against Franken. You've probably heard about this by now. 2010, when he was a senator at the Minnesota Fair, State Fair, he grabbed and squeezed her buttocks while she was taking a photo with him. By the way, I can't imagine that a woman, or a man for that matter, is turned on by that. Can you, Mr. Producer? Oh, some stranger just grabbed my butt while I'm taking a picture of my, with my husband there taking a picture of me. There's some kind of mind at work there. But uh, that's how Franken, in addition to uh, Leanne Tweeden's uh, statements, and I suspect there's more. I just suspect there is. Um, four more women have come out against President Clinton. I haven't had time to read these allegations. Apparently, since he's retired as president, is that right, Rich? Since he's left the presidency, four more. I'm surprised 104 more haven't come forward. But now there's Charlie Rose, who works at PBS and CBS. There's been rumors about this guy for a long, long time. I suppose none of these people could run for the United States Senate. Oops, one is a senator. How does Al Franken hang on? I mean, to his office. How does he hang on? Because the Senate will continue to protect him until you folks and others raise your voices. Because they're going to do everything they can to protect him. Even this phony Gillibrand of New York, she won't name names. She's an absolute fraud. She campaigns with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton helps raise money for her. Bill Clinton endorses her. She she puts photographs with her and Bill Clinton on her Facebook site. And all of a sudden, that's a year ago. All of a sudden, uh, yes, I believe his accusers. He should have he should have resigned. Excuse me. You had a funny way of showing it until you decided you wanted to run for president, Ms. Gillibrand. But now there's Charlie Rose in a very, very long piece in the Washington Compost. 
And, of course, there's no uh, sexual harassers at the Washington Compost, is there? I haven't read this whole piece. Should we do this together? And by the way, am I sick and tired of this stuff? Of course I'm sick and tired of this stuff, but how the hell can I ignore it? And how can you ignore it? It's here. It's in our face. Eight women have told the Washington Compost that longtime television host Charlie Rose made unwanted sexual advances toward them, including lewd phone calls, walking around naked in their presence, almost sounds like uh, Joe Biden, or groping their breasts, buttocks, or genitalia areas. The women were employees or aspired to work for Rose at the Charlie Rose Show from the late 1990s to as recently as 2011. They ranged in age from 21 to 37 at the time of the alleged encounters. Rose, 75, whose show airs on PBS, also co-hosts CBS This Morning, and is a contributing correspondent for 60 Minutes. Now, let me ask you a question. Is it even conceivable that all these news outlets were unaware of Charlie Rose's proclivities? Is that even possible? There are striking commonalities in the accounts of the women, each of whom described their interactions with Rose in multiple interviews with the Post. For all the women, reporters interviewed friends, colleagues, or family members who said the women had confided in them about aspects of the incidents. Three of the eight spoke on the record. Five of the women spoke on the condition of anonymity out of fear of Rose's stature in the industry, his power over their careers, or what they described as his volatile temper. In my 45 years in journalism, I prided myself on being an advocate for the careers of the women with whom I have worked, Rose said in a statement provided to the Post. Nevertheless, in the past few days, claims have been made about my behavior towards some former female colleagues. It is essential these women know I hear them, that I deeply apologize for my inappropriate behavior. I am greatly embarrassed. I have behaved insensitively at times, and I accept responsibility for that, though I do not believe that all these allegations are accurate. I always felt that I was pursuing shared feelings, even though I now realize I was mistaken. I've learned a great deal as a result of these events. I hope others will, too. All of us, including me, are coming to a newer and deeper recognition of the pain caused by conduct in the past and have come to a profound new respect for women and their lives. Listen, walking around naked in front of women, that is not something that is a no-no recently. Is it, Mr. Producer? I don't think so. Um, groping their genitalia areas, that's been a no-no for a long time, as I recall. Most of the women said Rose alternated between fury and flattery in his interactions with them. Five described Rose putting his hand on their legs sometimes their upper thigh, and what they perceived as a test to gauge their reactions. Two said that while they were working for Rose at his residences or were traveling with him on business, he emerged from the shower and walked naked in front of them. One said he groped her buttocks at a staff party. Rhea Bravo, who was an intern and then associate producer for Rose's PBS show, beginning in 2007. In interviews, she described unwanted sexual advances while working for Rose at his private waterfront estate in Belport, New York, 
uh, while traveling with him in cars, in a hotel suite, and on a private plane. It has taken ten years and a fierce moment of cultural reckoning for me to understand these moments for what they were, she told the Post. He was a sexual predator, and I was his victim. Kyle Godfrey Ryan, one of Rose's assistants in the mid-2000s, recalled at least a dozen instances where Rose walked nude in front of her while she worked in one of his New York City homes. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have strange women working for me, or strangers, I should say, women who are not, well, my wife, walking around in my homes. Do you have that, Mr. Producer? This is kind of weird. He also repeatedly called the then 21-year-old late at night or early in the morning to describe his fantasies of her swimming naked in the Bellport pool as he watched from his bedroom. It feels branded into me, the details of it, Godfrey Ryan said. She said she told Yvette Vega, Rose's longtime executive producer, about the calls. I explained how he inappropriately spoke to me during those times. She would just shrug and say, that's just Charlie being Charlie. You know what I'm tired of, though? The liberals now trying to and, and uh, saying, uh, and quite frankly, even some of these ladies saying, well, our culture has changed. It's a culture reckoning. Our culture has not changed in the last 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, my parents taught me do's and don'ts, and it, it, it should come naturally in many cases, shouldn't it? Walking naked in front of women or a woman who's not your wife? What's that all about? Or a long-time girlfriend or something like that? I mean, just walking naked in front of your staffers who are female? Well, now we have a cultural reckoning. What do you mean a cultural reckoning? She said that during the incident, Rose was driving his Mini Cooper in Manhattan while she was sitting in the passenger seat. What are we talking about here? Megan Credit worked as a coordinator on the show from 2005 to 2006, overlapping Godfrey Ryan. It was quite early in the morning there that he put his hand on my thigh, my mid-thigh, uh, said Credit, uh, who agreed to be interviewed on the record to support other women who were coming forward with what she deemed to be more serious claims concerning Rose. Um, I don't think I said anything, she said. I tensed up. I didn't move his hand off, but I pulled my legs to the other side of the car. I tried not to get in a car with him ever again. I think he was testing me out. Her then-boyfriend confirmed to the Post she told him the story at the time. In addition to the eight women who say they were harassed, the Post spoke to about two dozen former employees who spoke on condition of anonymity. Six said they saw what they considered to be harassment. Eight said they were uncomfortable with Rose's treatment of female employees. Ten said they did not see or hear anything, uh, anything concerning. He was always professional with me, said Eleanor Merchon Muller, a former assistant of Rose's, who worked for him from 2003 to 2005. I never witnessed any unprofessional incidents. The show's small informal structure, roughly 15 employees, and the centrality of Rose's authority on a program he owns led to uncertainty over how to respond, said the women who felt victimized. There wasn't anybody to report this to if you felt uncomfortable, one of them said. The environment brimmed with the young and potentially vulnerable, hungry for scarce television jobs. There are so few jobs, said one of the women who said Rose groped her. You know, if you don't behave a certain way, there's someone else behind you. 
And it goes on. Rumors about Rose's behavior have circulated for years. One of the authors of this report, Outlook contributing writer Erin Cameron, or Carmen, first heard and attempted to report on the allegations of Amig two of the women while she was a journalist at Jezebel in 2010, but was unable to confirm them. In the past several weeks, in the wake of accusations against Harvey Weinstein, Carmen and Post investigated reporter Amy Britton jointly began contacting dozens of men and women who'd worked on the Charlie Rose show or interviewed for jobs there. Let's see. Just keep looking here. It's poor judgment. This goes on. This is a long, long piece. Fifteen pages printed. Fifteen pages printed. You get the drift. And they give uh, further details in here as well. Now, of course, it is true that there can be false allegations. And in some cases, there are false allegations. But when you look at Rose's reply uh, to these allegations, um, he's essentially confessing to most of it. And I see here on the Drudge Report a red headline that says that CBS and PBS have suspended him. New York Times is dealing with a fellow by the name of Thrush. What's his name? Thrush? Glenn Thrush. I believe he used to write for Politico, but or maybe the Washington Post, but he's at the New York Times. He's had multiple allegations, and I believe he's suspended or something to that effect. I told you the media are up to their, in their eyeballs of this, even though they kept pointing at Fox, in some cases quite legitimately. The fact of the matter is, some of them were pointing at themselves. This can also give you a sense for why the reporting on Bill Clinton was so stubborn early on. Newsweek had the story and they held back. The story was broken by Drudge, his uh, sex with uh, an intern, Lewinsky. And I, I've always felt Lewinsky was a victim. I always have. Well, Mark, she was. I know all the arguments. I've been around a while. I know all the arguments. I remember them all back then. Sixty years old. I remember them ten years ago, twenty years ago, on and on. I still feel she was the victim. I've always felt she was the victim as well as the other victims that Bill Clinton had. And Bill Clinton hasn't changed in the least. He's still a pig. No offense. No offense. He still is. And uh, where's Joe Biden been the last week? I'm not suggesting anything, but when they talk about him, what, what was his nickname, Cobra or something, Rich? Because he walk around the swimming pool naked? Then the Secret Service women were disgusted? Yes, uh, the mind's eye can can uh, really uh, ruin your dinner. But now there's Charlie Rose. There's so many people, I cannot keep track of this anymore. Al Franken, there's another one. The New York Times guy came out. Um, Netflix, this one, that one. I'm waiting for CNN. I'm waiting for CNN. CNN knows exactly what I'm talking about. Don't you know CNN? Brian Stetler should get to the bottom of this. Brian Stetler, who is so obsessed with Sean Hannity that I think it's a mental condition. Brian Stetler is like a dog chasing a piece of beef. He can't control himself. He even brings on the head of Media Matters, who's a disreputable sleazeball. And lets him go on for five minutes, six minutes, making his case for boycotting. 
This is uh, this pipsqueak, Stetler. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Levin. This area of sexual harassment, sexual abuse, predators, and so forth, it's not my area of expertise. Other people handle this better than I. That's something I can discuss for three hours. Not something I really want to discuss for three hours. But John Yarmuth is, is uh, I don't believe he's a Republican, Mr. I think he's a Democrat, isn't he? And he called for the impeachment of Donald Trump. He, he was one of the people gathered together, absolute phony, called for the impeachment of uh, Donald Trump on Saturday on MSNBC. You can tell Mr. Producer doesn't have a life if he's watching MSNBC on Saturday. Now he's pulled a clip, but you know what I mean. Does anyone watch MSNBC on Saturday? But this guy, when we come back, I want you to hear what he has to say about Al Franken. I want you to hear what Bernie Sanders has to say about Al Franken. The circle of wagons has been formed, ladies and gentlemen, at least for now. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. So this left-wing Democrat kook, John Yarmouth of Kentucky, who's been all over Trump, wants to impeach Trump, you know, part of the uh, gaggle of nitwits. He is uh, interviewed on MSLSD Saturday. Cut eight, go. Uh, Let's move on to New York Senator Kristen Gillibrand, who said this week that she believed that Bill Clinton should have resigned in the wake of the Monica Lewinsky affair. We had uh, Secretary Clinton saying yesterday that she's not sure what Gillibrand was actually trying to say by saying that. How did you react when you heard Gillibrand's comment? You know, when I I reacted like Bill Clinton paid a huge price for his reprehensible conduct. Uh, He was impeached. His reputation was... All right, stop. He was impeached, ladies and gentlemen, for committing perjury. He was impeached, ladies and gentlemen, for obstructing justice. And he should be very thankful that federal district judge in Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas, Susan Weber Wright, didn't hold him in contempt until after the impeachment trial in the Senate was over. Her big mistake, in my view... But she did that because she said she didn't want it to influence the impeachment trial, when in fact she should have just have done it in a timely manner and allow the Senate to make its own decision. But let us be clear. Bill Clinton was not impeached for being a sexual predator. Bill Clinton was impeached for breaking the law, for obstructing justice, for committing perjury, and for lying in front of a federal judge during a deposition. That is... Uh, contempt of court. That's why he was impeached. That's why he paid an enormous sum of money in fines and penalties. That's why the Arkansas Supreme Court took his law license away for a period of time. And that's why he resigned from the United States Supreme Court bar because he didn't want them taking his law license away either. And let me be clear about one other point. Bill Clinton had a right to a trial in Little Rock, Arkansas, him versus the court where the court would provide her information, the uh, Judge Wright would provide her information for holding him in contempt. 
The reason she held him in contempt and Bill Clinton free to defend himself. The reason Bill Clinton didn't want a trial, the reason he didn't defend himself, is because he would have further humiliated himself and underscored what a lying predator he is. So let's not say, well, he suffered enough. He suffered enough. He was not impeached. He was not impeached because of his immoral conduct. He was impeached because of his illegal conduct. Go ahead. Damage. I don't know what purpose there is in litigating that 20 years later. Uh, but the sad thing is that a lot of people haven't learned from that incident, mm -hmm. and we still face these these situations in which um, there is, I guess now, a presumption of credibility on women coming forward to report harassment. I think that's really, really good. I don't think that's really, really good. There's a presumption of credibility. I think whatever one's sexuality, whatever one's genitalia, you should look at the facts. Whether it's a woman coming forward, or a man coming forward, or whether it is a man who is uh, accused of something or a woman accused of something. No, you, you just, the, there's not a presumption of credibility on this one or that one. There shouldn't be. The presumption is, as a nation, when these things are dropped in our laps, we're going to take an honest look at it, an objective look at it, and try and draw a conclusion. Shouldn't be a presumption of anything. I don't think there should be a presumption of guilt. When you read the article about Charlie Rose and you read his response, or when you listen to what took place with Al Franken and uh, and Leanne Tweeden, well, there's a the only reason there's a presumption there is because after the way they spoke, after what Franken said. You draw your own conclusions, but there are people who are falsely accused. We talk about the Duke lacrosse case. There are many others who are falsely accused. But then again, there are those who are rightly accused. Go ahead. Secondly, that we lump all of these cases together and give them some kind of parity when they're not at all. Right, I right. mean, what, what Roy Moore is alleged to have done is far worse than what any of these other people And have. to that extent, Senator Al Franken, are, are, you've heard calls for him to resign. How do you feel about it? I don't think he ought to resign unless President Trump resigns. See, this, is, this, this guy is not serious. He's a fool. He's an absolute fool. So he defends Bill Clinton. He's been through enough. He won't call for Al Franken to resign. But he's absolutely certain about Roy Moore. And, of course, Trump should resign. Trump should resign. Then there's Bernie Sanders on CNN. What does he think about Al Franken? Should he resign? Jake Tapper, cut nine, go. Do you think that Al Franken should resign? I think that's a decision for Al Franken. And now stop. Obviously, whether Al Franken resigns or not, Mr. Sanders, is a decision for Al Franken. He resigns or not, that's a voluntary act. What I think Jake Tapper should ask is a more precise question. Should he be expelled? Go ahead. People of the state of Minnesota, uh, my understanding is that Al is a very popular senator. What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with anything, if he's a very popular senator? If a popular senator <clears throat> assaults somebody or commits an act of battery, is that an excuse? Is that? Uh, and the other one was he's a comedian. Oh, he's a comedian. Oh, I get it. Okay, that was very funny. 
these leftists have no principles whatsoever. You know, conservatives are being attacked constantly, constantly, constantly on the Roy Moore stuff. The fact of the matter is, the left has no principles whatsoever. And then, to put the icing on the cake, they go on about how there's a reckoning now, how they recognize that Bill Clinton is this side or the other. No, they don't. Bill Clinton's old news to them. Now they're out trying to protect Al Franken. Go ahead. People in Minnesota think that he has done uh, a good job and his political future will rest with the people of Minnesota. Okay, nobody asked about his political future. The question was, do you think he should resign? And you wouldn't answer it. The question is, will you take an act, participate in an act to expel him? That wasn't asked. Now, lest we forget, ladies and gentlemen, the Republicans were demanding that if Roy Moore, excuse me, they were asserting that if Roy Moore is elected by the people of Alabama, that they will expel him. Cory Gardner, has anybody heard from Cory Gardner in the last few days? I haven't. And yet he wouldn't shut the hell up a few days ago, <clears throat> or last week. But now you don't hear from him. Does he believe that, uh, Mr. Producer, see if you can get the, the great Cory Gardner on the program. I mean, I know this is... Uh, 99% hopeless, but I would I would like to get him on the on the program to discuss his uh, his his principles on this issue of expulsion. And maybe you can invite uh, the senator from New York to Gillibrand on. And just tell her, I w- I would like to know, uh, given her <clears throat> strong positions these days on the issues of sexual harassment and predators and so forth. Why was she campaigning with, taking donations from, celebrating her endorsement of Bill Clinton as recently as a year ago? Now, I will predict you now neither of these individuals that come on this program. You want to know why? Because they're cowards and they're hypocrites. That's why. They'll go on these other programs because they won't be pressed. They won't be pressed. Meanwhile, meanwhile, um, who was asking the questions here, Mr. Producer, on 5 and 6? I forget. Oh, Rita Cosby, our friend Rita Cosby, WABC. She had Hillary... Don't worry, I'm not doing this the whole show. But I need to address it. She had Hillary Clinton on her Saturday show. On WABC. Cut 5, go. Gillibrand, your longtime friend and political ally, said in an interview this week that your husband should have resigned after his affair with Monica Lewinsky. What do you say to that? Well, I'm not exactly sure what she was trying to say. There has been some confusion about it, but look, this was a painful time. Well, 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 well. There's confusion about it, that he should have resigned? I heard what she said. We played the audio of it. There's no confusion about it or what she's trying to say. She's trying to say he should have resigned. Now, of course, Gillibrand is a hypocrite and a fraud. We all know this. But still, that's what she's saying. Go ahead. Not only in our marriage, but in our country, as I've written about. But it was investigated fully. It was addressed at the time. He was held accountable. That is very different uh, than what uh, people seem to be uh, remembering from that period, because you can go back and look at the history. Well, I remember from that period, you and your cronies trashing the hell out of the special counsel at the time, Ken Starr. Now we're told by the left, if you dare to say anything negative about Mueller, you're trying to obstruct justice. And Mueller is so princely. He's, he's so angelic. 
that whatever he comes up with can serve as a basis for impeaching our president. When it came to Ken Starr, Ken Starr was a sleazeball. Ken Starr was a predator himself. Uh, Ken Starr had prurient interests. I remember it went on and on and on and on. There were cases filed against Ken Starr, all kinds of things going on. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, you know, her husband was held to account. Go ahead. But right now, this is not a distraction we should fall for. Uh, the Republicans are led by a man who admitted to sexually assaulting women. He did he not was- admit to sexually assaulting women. A, uh, sexually assaulting women. He did not admit to that. You idiot. You know what? She is an idiot. She is an idiot, Hillary Clinton, and she's nasty, and she holds grudges. She's all these things that we always knew she was. Go ahead. About it, and if we're going to encourage women to have the courage to be heard, uh, we can't excuse the president. Um, oh, that's funny. She goes out and brutalizes these women who dare to take on Bill Clinton. They come out publicly and take him on. Paula Jones, Kathleen Willey, Broderick, others. And she brutalizes them. First, she lies for her predator husband. She throws an ashtray at him. Good shot by right over the eye. Remember that one where he had stitches? <laughs> I don't know how I got, fell in the shower. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and uh, by the way, George Stephanopoulos over there at ABC News. He's a news anchor, you know. One of the guys in charge of the war room trashing these women. Oh, yeah. Did they encourage women to come forward? I don't think so. They encouraged women to shut the hell up. Go ahead. That's debate. And look, the right and the Republican Party needs to answer for their own acts and tell America uh, that what uh, Roy Moore and the president did will not be tolerated. What Roy Moore and the president did. You know, Roy Moore hasn't admitted any of this. Not one syllable of the accusations. Al Franken has essentially admitted most of it. And Charlie Rose has done the same thing. At least much of it. But the Democrats want to keep talking about Trump. And they want to keep talking about Roy Moore. Whenever they're asked about Franken. Or whenever they're asked about Bill, and Bill has more recent activities for which allegations are being made. Go ahead and read them in the Daily Mail. In fact, there's a lot of new allegations against him. All right, we'll be right back. thought this uh, Charlie Rose was kind of a weirdo. Just, I, you know, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but he always seemed like a weirdo to me. But it's hard for me to believe that people who worked with him, since his conduct was so ubiquitous, wouldn't know anything about it. I, I don't know. This whole thing is strange, how it all comes to a fore now, right? It's Hollywood, and then some more politicians, and it... it, it It's like phases in this country that we go through. And they're very difficult to predict. Life is stressful, even worse when the IRS is after you for back taxes. You may not think you owe back taxes, but in fact you might. But in any event, 
The IRS is after you. You agonize when they'll show up, seize your bank account, put a lien on your home, or garnish your wages. It was even worse for Lori because Lori was engaged, but knew bringing $25,000 of IRS debt into the marriage was no way to start her new life. So Lori did something really smart. You know what she did? You know what she did. She called our buddies at Optima Tax Relief. These are pros. These are experts. They know what they're doing. Optima stepped between Lori and the IRS. They analyzed her case. They uncovered some game-changing facts that allowed them to settle her case in her favor. When Optima told Lori that her IRS problems were over, she called it the happiest call of her life, and her wedding was back on. Optima has resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients, and they're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Getting your life back starts the moment you call Optima for your free consultation. So call 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300, that's 800-499-6300. If you've got a problem, they're the people to call, seriously. Don't keep sweating it out. Don't keep sweating it out. Michael, Frederick, Maryland, the great WMAL, go. Hi, uh, Mark, thank you for taking my call. Um, you got it. I really think... Uh these sexual harassment claims that have uh, been surfacing recently, um, I really think they pale in comparison to the real problems and issues that exist along the, um, especially in these leftist circles like Hollywood and, and especially Hollywood, but probably in D.C. and New York as well. Um, I, I really think that uh, conservative pundits such as yourself and uh and, and others around uh, talk radio and, and, and the Internet, I think they really need to focus on the, the real monsters, and those are the, especially the pedophiles in Hollywood. And, um, you know, I, I don't have proof of... Sorry, I, I, I must confess, I don't listen to most of the others, but that I speak for myself, but that said, to focus on the pedophiles in Hollywood, I wouldn't even know where to start to focus on the pedophiles in Hollywood. How do I focus on the pedophiles in Hollywood? Well, By the way, thank you for your call, sir. This guy, Doug Jones, the Democrat running in Alabama, isn't it interesting that there's no focus on this guy? He's a radical pro-abortion nut, this guy, Doug Jones. Of course, the, the lib media aren't going to write much about that over there at the Washington Compost. They probably support that. But he's a radical pro-abortion nut, not even a moderate. He's also a gun controller. He is your dyed-in-the-wool leftist running for the Senate in Alabama. And you cannot ignore the fact, <clears throat> you can't ignore the fact that the media, the lib media in this country, and the Democrats in this country, would be tickled to death if a liberal, a leftist Democrat could be elected to the Senate from Alabama for any reason. For any reason. <clears throat> You can't really say it's because they're concerned about uh, sexual predators. The left is filled with sexual predators. From Hollywood to Clinton to Franken to this one to that one, they're loaded with them. Loaded. So that's not what's really bothering. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You hear these congressmen. Yeah, well, what about Trump and Trump and what about Trump and the Trump and then, and then there's Trump. Because they can't control themselves. They can't control themselves. When it was Clinton, what did we hear? Oh, it's a private matter. It's a personal matter. 
what the hell's going on here? And they, they're, oh, look at these women. Look at that one over there. That one over there. Look at her. She's no good. And this one over there. And they're doing opposition research on these women, led by Hillary Clinton and George Stephanopoulos. And the Praetorian Guard media were more than happy to repeat the opposition research that was fed to them uh, by the uh, war room at the time. More than happy. So this isn't really, uh, they don't they bring this up with respect to Roy Moore because they're repulsed. They're repulsed at the fact that there is a Roy Moore. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. President of the United States, Donald Trump, implores the dictator of Red China, Xi Jinping, to release three men who are college football players who happen to be African-American for the UCLA basketball team, I believe it is. And one man, or at least one family, um, doesn't seem to be particularly appreciative. Am I right about that, Mr. Producer? The father of one of the men who was released, LeVar Ball, uh, said some very negative things about the president. And the president shot back. Maybe I should have left him in China. And because the president said what he said, he's now under attack. There's a fellow, and I've talked about him before, by the name of Brian Stelter, over at CNN. I have no idea why this man has a show. He should be one of the spokes idiots for the Democrat National Committee. He is a leftist. He is a goon. He has used his platform, first at the New York Times, now at CNN, to advance an ideological agenda. He is a smear merchant. He is a mouthpiece for Media Matters. As a matter of fact, he had the head of Media Matters, who's a loathsome, loathsome uh, quasi-human uh, being. They had this guy who has said some of the nastiest things if you do research. He brings him on his show to do a character assassination uh, a segment on Sean Hannity. Because Stelter is obsessed with Sean Hannity. It's a sickness. Stelter was obsessed with me there for a few weeks, if you remember. Oh, he won't come on my show, so I had to smack him around a bit. He's obsessed with Trump. He, in other words, he, he is a crazy fool, and he's out there on CNN. Uh, I would say he's the craziest of the crazy, except for this Acosta fellow. And they give him a show, and he basically uses the show to attack. You don't learn a thing from the show. Nothing profound is said. Nothing interesting. There's no history. He's just in there, and he grabs these issues and runs with it from the perspective of a radical leftist. And he knows I'm right. 
So Trump tweets about this LeVar Ball. He's not very happy about him, basically saying, as I said, maybe I should have left him and the others in China. Well, Brian sees this as an opportunity for race baiting. Well, what does it have to do with race? Well, they're African Americans. So what does it have to do with anything? Well, for Brian Stetler, who's whiter than the color white, it's got to be about race. And if it's not, he has to make it about race. So he goes to Frederica Whitfield. Cut two, go. You know, the, the way this president, you know, prioritizes is very confusing to a lot of people because as Boris underscored, he has not said very much about uh, Roy Moore, although a representative from the White House did go on the air today and say the president hasn't been. What does this have to do with Roy Moore, Frederica? Nothing. And why does the president have to say anything about Roy Moore if he doesn't want to say anything about Roy Moore? He's not accused of doing any of that in Alabama. So why does the president have to answer for that? He doesn't. Well, why does he want Roy Moore to win? Because maybe he doesn't want a pro-abortionist, anti-Second Amendment leftist to win. Some of us think abortion is immoral, particularly the radical uh, implementation of, uh, of abortion. Some of us think that's immoral. Go ahead. Alabama to campaign. That says something about uh, what he believes about Roy Moore, but the president would extensively express himself. Stop. And- what does Roy Moore have to do with this story? Frederica Whitfield. Frederica Whitless Whitfield has nothing to do with this story. But then again, Brian Stetler wouldn't bring her on if he couldn't use her to attack Trump. Go ahead over uh, the, the parents' words to ESPN about these three boys, uh, three young men, actually, being in China. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Three young men. We have young men their age who go off to war. And shoplifting laws, both in this country and other countries, apply to these three young men who happen to be basketball players for one of our preeminent colleges in this country. Three young men who committed crimes. Go ahead. And their release. These words were from Friday on ESPN, and now all of a sudden here on Sunday afternoon, the president decides to chime in. You know, this time last year, Fred, President Trump said in an interview with CBS that he would be very restrained with Twitter once he took office. If this is restrained... I can't imagine what it would look like if he were to be unrestrained. Well, you would know about unrestrained, little creep. You would. You would. You know, Mr. Bruce, I don't have a great voice. I don't think I have a great voice. But this guy, my voice compared to him, I'm Sinatra. I'm Sinatra compared to this guy. Go ahead. Think about this. He's just recently let the NFL kneeling controversy start to subside, start to fade away. And now here he is calling out these players and the families again. So what? So what, dummy? He's not playing by your rules. Think about this. He's like Minnie Mouse or Mickey Mouse. Think about this. These NFL thing controversies start to fade away. It's not fading away at all. It's not fading away in the least. But Stetler wouldn't know. Stetler wouldn't know. Here we have a uh, an NFL player who uh, stays seated for the uh, national anthem but stands up for the Mexican anthem. 
But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, it's not an attack on the United States. It's just a, about social justice. Why? Don't they need social justice in Mexico? Which, quite frankly, the government there is hideous. Go ahead. I think it's immature at best, Fred, but it's really race-baiting at worst. It's race-baiting? What's race-baiting? Race-baiting? Go ahead. Baited. That's going to be argued about, but I want to put that on the table. It sure looks like race-baiting to a... No, it actually doesn't look like race-baiting to a lot of us, Brian Stetler. No, it does not. In fact... It looks like LeVar Ball is a jackass who took a shot at the president and the president took a shot back. That's what it looks like, Stetler. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe you don't care. Go ahead. And by the way, the reason why I think these tweets are important is because they are a serious look Mm -hmm. into his psyche, uh, into what the president cares about. Into his psyche? This is from a psycho. This guy is just, he, he is... He's not a serious professional journalist. Most of them aren't on CNN, but he's clearly not. You know, his job is to cover the media. Does that sound like he's covering the media? No, he's not covering the media. And he's all out on Hannity, and he brings in the Media Matters guy. Just unbelievable how low and how loathsome some people can get. And uh, Brian Stetler uh, does exactly that. Now, he's not alone. We have the morning schmo, Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough has taken a hard left turn because that's how he makes his money. He's had MSLSD, after all. He's a man who has actually achieved nothing. Nothing. He's, he's rejected by, by viewers because his show is low-rated. He was rejected by radio listeners. That's why he's not on the radio. And when he writes his books, there's about 12 people who... Who, who pretend to read them, including his family members. But the, the morning schmo has this all figured out. Cut one, go. There's racist overtures here where the black man... Okay, stop. First of all, let's get the language right, dummy. You don't mean racist overtures, do you? You mean racist overtunes. Overtones. Overtures? You make a racist overture? I think he means a racist overtone, is what he's trying to say. Anyway, he's a schmuck. Start over. Go ahead, please. There's racist overtures here, where the black man was not appreciative of what the white man did for him. Yeah, and I actually think... Are you, are you, are you such a sleazeball that you would play that game, Scarborough, punk? Really? You're that much... Everyone knows you're a sleazeball, but you're that... Much of a loathsome sleazeball that you play into that race baiting line? There's racist overtures here where the black man was not appreciative of what the white man did for him and it's a dog whistle. Black or white, wouldn't you folks thank the President of the United States if he got your kid out of that potential hellhole out of China when he was shoplifting? Wouldn't you say thank you, Mr. President, even if you disagree with him strongly on other political issues, even if you have another party? So when Trump fires back, Trump didn't fire the first shot here. When Trump fires back, the racist overtures here. Racist overtures here. 
Go ahead. It's a real kind of um, It's a dog whistle to say the least. Well, Scarborough would know about dog whistles, wouldn't he? Since he's chasing them all the time. Go ahead. Presidency in the campaign. I think we What's can... the static in the background? Oh, that's the Mrs. Schmo. I actually think the racism is a real kind of threat throughout this presidency in the campaign. I think we actually connected the dots there. That's Brzezinski. Genius that she is. Go ahead. I connect the dots there, and it's... Would you like yes. me to do one of my... Uh, 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 yeah, could you? Yeah, yeah right. president and racism. Would you like me to do that? What? Go ahead. Let's do a stop in Charlottesville. The, the, the problem is... Oh, oh in the campaign. The problem is... Muslim ban. A, a lot of times you have latent racism, yeah. and, and it's hard to actually... Mexican judge. ...connect all the dots, uh, because it's circuitous. How people will say yeah. something which leads people to... It's a Trump administration. So yeah. we get a, a diagram here. Dot Basically, this is a nice diagram. Racism. We did this last week, yes. It's a, it's actually a bit more so I'm thinking correct. It's like when the charts. It's like when by the way, are they... The most annoying couple, couple of knuckleheads, couple of coconuts you've ever heard, talking over each other. They're so impressed with each other's voices, with each other's substance. Mexican judge, Muslim ban. What was the other one? I forget. Mexican judge, Muslim ban. Let me ask you something, Brzezinski, about your political party. Tell me. How many African Americans are in the United States Senate? Since the Democrats rely on the African American vote to win anything and to win everything. How many African American Democrat senators are there? I'm quite serious about this. I believe there's one, Cory Booker. Tim Scott, he's a Republican. I believe there's one. In the entire United States Senate. Why is that? Why is that? You've got two hosts on the Morning Schmo Show. Both of them are whiter than white. No offense, I'm, you know, I'm not into this color scheme, but the left is, so I'll play along. Why don't they have an African-American host? Why isn't it the Morning Schmo and somebody else? Or why isn't it Mika Brzezinski and somebody else? They weren't always engaged. Well, maybe they were engaged, but officially engaged. You understand what I mean. Why is that? Tell me. 7 p.m. they have a white guy. 8 p.m. they have a white guy. 9 p.m. they have a white girl, a woman. At 10 p.m. they have another white guy. I'm not, I don't have their lineup memorized. But their entire prime time, well, look at Fox. I'm saying to you, these are Democrats. These are liberals. These are Democrats, these are liberals. Dog whistle, the dog whistle. Racist overtures. A racist overture? Who makes racist overtures, Mr. Producer? Now, I just wanted to point it out. Maybe they need literacy training over there at MSLSD. I don't know. I'll be right back. Love 
David, Hydesville, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Mark, how are you doing today, sir? Doing very well, thank you. That's very good. Now, uh, I used to live in China, and I think I see this uh, this Trump, our president, releasing uh, these gentlemen from Chinese prison in a little bit of a different light than most, so I just wanted to make a comment about that. Well, if you don't comment uh, soon, we'll be at a hard break. Well, there you go. In China, uh, you see, as in most communist countries, there's a presumption of guilt, um, and that right there is very big. Uh, that changes the whole experience in the, in the legal system. So Trump letting these kids go is not like, uh, you know, the, the county jail here in the United States. And it, it shows a very interesting side of these liberals that, that they have this tendency to presume guilt before innocence. It's a socialist communist tendency. And those who believe in liberty and love this liberty. This guy, LeVar like, Ball, goes out and says, I didn't, I didn't need Trump. You know, I, I'm from L.A. I've seen a lot worse and so forth and so on. I mean, and now Trump responds to that and people say, well, that's a race baiting. That's a, that's a whistle. You really have to be stupid. You have to be a, a, a leftist like a Sco, Joe Scarborough. You have to stereotype white people and black people to come up with a comment like that. Race has nothing to do with this. The President of the United States, get your son out of what it could have been 10 years in, in a Chinese prison, as you point out, and a little thank you would be nice. You know what they do there? They sit on a bench. All 30 of the guys that are in the prison, they sit on a bench for three hours in the morning, three hours in the evening, and they watch uh, central television from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Okay, this is not just a county courthouse. But it's very interesting because it shows the Marxist tendencies of our liberal Democrat uh, system here. It's very interesting. All right. Thanks for your call, sir. LeVar Ball is a punk. That's what he is. He's a punk to, to, to try and engage the president this way, uh, to, uh, to really play into the hands of the type of the MSNBC types and the CNN types. To play politics that way, incredibly ungrateful. There are there are Americans that are being held hostage all over the world. The president and the administration is trying to get them out. And if you actually succeed in getting some people out, that is a good thing. And uh, when you have a guy like this LeVar Ball, who, uh, who just takes a swipe at the president for it, I don't care who the president is. That is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Race is irrelevant. It's called class. Class. And LeVar Ball has no class. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a lot more. We want to hear from you, of course. The lines are full, and we will. I'll be right back. is America's Constitutional Convention. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Maybe LeVar Ball's the racist. I'm not saying he is. I'm just wondering because maybe he's the one interjecting race in this thing. I don't believe if Obama did what Trump did that he would talk about Obama the way he's talked about Trump. Do you, Mr. Producer? Well, how do I know he's not the racist? And uh, why is uh, Joe Scarborough blowing dog whistles? What's that all about? 
I won't go any further, but something strange with that dude. Um, and there's a couple other things, too, but I'll leave it for now. If, if, if you travel for business, book your next trip at Upside.com. You'll get two of the best gifts anyone will get this holiday season. A free pair of Bose SoundLink wireless headphones so you can have some peace and quiet on your business trip. And the gift of a better business travel experience. Only Upside is customer service specialists who look out for you every step of your business trip. Their team is hard at work 24-7 to make sure your flight, hotel, and rental car all go off without a hitch. And uh, they're available on demand by chat, phone, and email whenever you need them. All that plus side has great prices for flights, hotel, and rental cars. Now, to get your free pair of Bose SoundLink wireless headphones, just go to Upside.com and make sure you use code MARK. That's Upside.com, code MARK, to claim your Bose SoundLink wireless headphones just for trying Upside. It's one more way Upside's helping to reduce the stress of business travel. But you need to act quickly. Upside.com. Give them a try. Upside.com. You deserve a better business trip. And that's code mark. Go ahead and get those Bose SoundLink wireless headphones. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. What a great company and a great service. Great company and a great service. Do you think, uh, have you ever heard of cost sharing? You ever heard of cost sharing? This is the uh, bipartisan approach that LeVar, Lamar Alexander and Patty Murray are pushing. Patty Murray being a leftist from Washington State. Lamar Alexander being a phony from Tennessee. Cost sharing. Do you know what cost sharing means? This is what they're pushing. It's said to keep premiums low. It's said to keep premiums low. But you know why? Because you and me, the taxpayers in this country, which amount to what, 40 or 50% of the people in this country, we subsidize premiums for other people. That's one of the reasons your premiums are going through the roof. So it requires insurance companies to cover an average of 60% of, of, uh, of covered costs must provide services from 10 categories of minimum benefits. But let's say they can't, or let's say they're threatening to get out of a market. That's where you and I come in, the taxpayers. You and I are going to save Obamacare through these cost-sharing payments. In other words, redistribution of wealth. Let us be abundantly clear. Redistribution of wealth. So Lamar Alexander's pushing this. That is to strengthen the cost-sharing provisions. Patty Mary's pushing this. Susan Collins is pushing this. All the wrong people pushing the wrong thing. Lisa Murkowski is supporting this because they don't want Obamacare to collapse. And here's a headline in the Washington Examiner. Lamar Alexander, country could use bipartisan solution on health care. See, this is the difference. The Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the Presidency. And in 2010, they ram Obamacare down our throats. The Republicans take the House of Representatives back, thanks to you. Take the Senate back in 2014, thanks to you. Elect a Republican president, thanks to you. And run on repeal, then run on repeal and replace. Now they don't even talk about repeal. 
The Democrats are true to their ideology. The Republicans are not true to our principles because they have no principles. This is why you're so furious and frustrated. They never ran on a bipartisan health care plan that would save Obamacare. We're going to, hey, we're going to pull this Obamacare up by, by root and branch here. We're going to pull it up by root and branch. That's what it's all about. Yes, yay, Mitch, yay. Lamar Alexander rounds up all the Tea Party uh, groups in uh, Tennessee, gets backing from about 90% of them. I'm a changed man. I'm a changed man. Warren Hatch comes on this program. Yeah, Mark, I'm, I'm a conservative now. You know, I'm a conservative now. They just lie and lie and lie. And meanwhile, how are those premiums of yours doing? How about those deductibles? How about spending two hours on the phone with an insurance company that's trying to explain to you why they can or cannot insure something? Have you been to a drugstore lately? How about dealing with your prescriptions? Everything is a disaster now. Everything takes forever. Even if you want to pay, you can't pay. It's just incredible, the bureaucratization of our health care system. Nationalizing it through the back door, if you will. And there's the Republicans. There's the Republicans. John Cornyn. I can see the Alexander Murray bill being a, a proposal, being part of the end-of-year spending. And what he means by that is they're going to ram this through. In their big, massive budget that's 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 pages. Oh, it's ominous. No, it's omnibus. No, it's omnibus to me. And they have the support of 12 Republicans and all the Democrats. Enough to break a filibuster in the Senate. At least Paul Ryan in the House is against it. Donald Trump is against it. Is against. We have what's really a uh, perverted Senate to begin with. I'm not just talking about Al Franken and other names that will one day come for it. I'm talking about a perversion of our constitutional system with, this, with the uh, 17th Amendment. The United States Senate was supposed to represent the state legislatures. That is, the states. Instead, these men and women now run on their own. And, I, you know, you hear people go on and on about the Tea Party movement, right? Excuse me, about excluding or eliminating the, uh, uh, not the popular vote, the Electoral College. That's not fair. One man, one woman, one vote. One man, one woman, one vote. It's a democracy. Actually, it's a republic. But they want to get rid of it. Because they say it's not fair. It doesn't, it's, it's not, it's not like the popular vote. And yet when it comes to the Senate, two senators for every state, what is the justification for that if you believe in true democracy? And don't get me wrong, progressives don't believe in true democracy. They believe in true autocracy. Democracy for the progressive is just a means to an end. They want you to think you have a say when in fact you vote and they do what they want. Unless, of course, you vote the way they like, then they do what you like. They ignore it if they lose. They embrace it if they win. That is the popular vote. But I want you to understand what this cost sharing is. It sounds so passive. It sounds so, ooh, we're going to share costs. No, you're not. You have monies taken out of your pocket that you think is going to your health care, to your family's health care, 
and you're subsidizing somebody else. And by the way, this was done initially unconstitutionally. Unconstitutional. There's, there's nothing that supports this. The House of Representatives went to court, and I believe they won on this issue. You can't do that. It's not in the statute. Hey, but we care. We like people. It's like DACA. They went to court, and they actually won. Hey, let's breathe life back into DACA. Hey, let's breathe life back into the cost sharing. Hey. Sean, Fayetteville, Arkansas, the great KFAY. Go. Mark, very nice to speak to you. I'd just like to make a quick point that I want government in anything. My health care is nothing. Get out of it. They ruin it. But the biggest thing is this basketball player's father is complaining about Trump. I don't remember ball. the Marine's name who was stuck down in Mexico mm-hmm. for how long? For yeah. uh, uh, I didn't see that anti-American Obama doing a thing to get him out. Montel Williams tried uh, I think maybe a senator or two, but more civilians tried to get that guy out. How did he get out? Obama. How did he get out? Uh, it wasn't Obama, I guarantee you. The Mexicans let him out. Do you remember who I'm speaking about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Obama didn't do it. And now he's going to try to fire off on Trump when his kid had to spend maybe a day. Does anyone believe LeVar Ball? Let's let's turn the tables. Does anyone believe LeVar Ball would be talking about Barack Obama if Barack Obama, under these circumstances, if his son uh, had been in China, had gotten his son out? I don't believe that for two seconds. Do you? He would have flown to the White House and had a sign out of the fence saying, thank you, President Obama. Meanwhile, his son is a sh- was a shoplifter. He's a schmo, to use your term, sorry. But he's yeah. a schmo. So... I mean, this is going to be more of this. It's ridiculous, and I am so aggravated by it. And I'm sick of all these lefties. I don't even know who that guy is on CNN, but you're right. His voice. It's not even a CNN guy. Isn't he a coach, Mr. Producer? I mean, I'm, I don't. Re- I mean, I don't follow this that closely. I would need my buddy Stephen A. on. But uh... all right, Sean. Thanks for your call. And, of course, Stephen A. might disagree, but we don't always agree. Matter of fact, we disagree a lot. <clears throat> Haven't heard from him lately. He must be angry with me. Hold on a second. All right, Jason, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Mark, it is an honor to speak with you. And, first thank of all, I want to tell you that your Mitch McConnell impersonation makes me laugh out loud every time I hear it. So, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things ever. Um I, I almost drove off the road when you played the clip from MSNBC because I don't watch those guys, but to hear them. Well, most Americans don't. In fact, yeah. it's the favorite network of the North Koreans. Uh, are you aware that North the North Korean generals love the morning schmo and Mr. Schmo? And so that's their audience. That's who they play to. Well, that makes more sense then. Yes, uh, but that's they, true, by the way. I believe you, and it makes sense. I almost literally drove off the road because. No one in their right mind would think that the president's response to ungratefulness is racist. Can you imagine what they would have said if he had left them there? I mean, it's just no one thinks that way. You have to be a racist to think that that is racist. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something to that, I'm afraid. All right. I appreciate your call, my friend. Fred Yonkers, New York. How are you? 
Mark. It's an honor to speak to you. I've listened to you for a long time. I'm a first-time caller. I'm so honored. Thank you. I'm Thank a you, little sir. bit nervous here, and i got a couple of points I'd like to make. You go ahead. Uh, okay, first of all, um, I, I spent 30 years in the military. I'm a Mayflower descendant. All of my mm -hmm. male members spent time in the military or building this country before it became America. One thing, as an Army brat, when my father was in the military and I traveled the world, even at a young age, I was always taught that when you're in another country, you are a representative of the United States. You must behave with your utmost, you know, respect to all people. I don't know how to phrase it properly in this short little amount of time. Well, you don't here. break the law. You don't start shoplifting, that's for sure. Exactly. I mean, but let's leave the criminal part out of it. I mean, you know, you're supposed to go out of your way to be some type of, how would I put it, a, 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 an ambassador, so to speak. And that's being, you know, a, a child under 10. Mm -hmm. When you go to another country, you know, anytime you go, you know, if you do something wrong, they don't say Fred did something wrong. They said an American did something wrong. Right. Don't they have those thoughts? But no, they don't. Wrong. No, they don't. Neither does the father. I got to go. No offense. Have a hard break. We'll be right back. Lovin. Again, you would think with these vast investigative and research arms that the uh, news outlets like MSLSD have, uh, you would think that they would be able to find the information that, that we've come up with. Do I have to do a commercial? Is that what you said? Okay. Before we do that, LeVar Ball. When was this? April 6, 2017. Slow white guys kept UCLA from winning title. Lonzo played hurt in loss. Did the morning schmo, Mrs. Schmo, know anything about that? How about the slow little white guy by the name of Brian Stetler? Is he aware of this? Does he care? No, they don't care. They're going to move on. They took their shots at Trump. They're going to move on now. Realistically, you can't win no championship with three white guys because the foot speed is too slow, Ball said. I told Lonzo, one of these games you might need to go for 30 or 40 points. It turned out that that was the one game. Then once they get to the Elite Eight, they're right there. He repeatedly guaranteed UCLA would win the title this season. But they lost because of the, uh, the white guys. You can't, you, you can't win no championship with three white guys because the foot speed is too slow. Now, why is it that I have to find this out? Because Mr. Call Screener, uh, did a Google search. I never heard of this guy before. Unbelievable. If you want to protect your home, and, by, and why, why isn't he drummed out of whatever business he's in? Basketball coaching. Why is it that said to be racist? What is this? If you want to protect your home this holiday season, listen up, folks. My listeners, you now have early access to Simply Safe's biggest Black Friday sale ever, $200 off their holiday security system. This is a true bestseller. 
a 13-piece arsenal <clears throat> that covers your whole home. If you want to protect your family, this should be how you do it. Simply Safe has made everything about security effortless. You barely lift a finger. You just order it online. The whole system is delivered right to your door with free shipping. It takes less than an hour to set up. A 10-year-old can do this. Best of all, Simply Safe has no long-term contract, no wiring, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, cutting-edge, top-notch technology. And the prices are honest and fair. 15 bucks a month for best in industry 24/7 alarm monitoring. And with Simply Safe, you're never locked in. Visit simplysafemark.com right now to check out Simply Safe special pre-holiday sale. But you need to hurry. This offer ends very soon. That's simplysafemark.com for $200 off your home security system. Now is the time. Go for it. Simplysafemark.com. Well, let us get back to this genius. This is April 2017. LeVar Ball. UCLA season is done. And Lonzo Ball is headed to the pros. But his dad has plenty more to say. In an interview with the Orange County damn computer uh, register, Ball discussed the Bruins' tourney exit, heaping the blame on UCLA's white players for being unathletic and revealing Lonzo apparently had a hamstring injury. Realistically, you can't win no championship with three white guys because the foot speed is too slow, Ball said. I told Lonzo, one of these games you might need to go for 30 or 40 points. It turned out that was the one game. Then once they get to the Elite Eight, they're right there. This is the guy who took a shot at Trump, who freed his son, who freed his son from a potential multi-year, many-year prison sentence, and two other young men for shoplifting. This LeVar Ball, he don't need, he doesn't need Trump. No, 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 no. He's got it all figured out, old LeVar. Sounds like a race baiter to me. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, Republicans... Still talking like uh, class warfare warriors when it comes to this tax issue. And Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, still out there, sounding like a liberal Democrat from Manhattan and Goldman Sachs, still going into the class warfare stuff. Class warfare stuff seems to work for the nationalist populace, seems to work for the progressives, seems to work for this administration, but I reject it completely, utterly and completely. This class warfare crap is theoretical, it is ideological, and it is promoted by all the wrong philosophers of history. And taken to its extreme, it will destroy society. And here's Steve Munchkin, I mean Mnuchin, on Fox News Sunday yesterday. Cut three, go. 
If you look at this simply, and people just look at are their personal taxes going up or down, on the personal tax side, middle-income people are getting cuts, and rich people are getting very little cuts or, in certain cases, increases. Yay! Kill them! Get them! Round them up! First of all, very deceitful. Middle-income people are getting cuts. What's a middle-income person? Which middle-income people are getting cuts? I don't know which middle-income people are getting cuts. Do you? Which one are getting increases? Which ones? Not all middle-income people are getting cuts, if we, even if we could define them. And he keeps using this word rich. Rich. You know, you can make a lot of money and yet not have liquid assets because you have to keep pouring it back into capital or R&D or into your uh, assembly lines or uh, into uh, into Obamacare, whatever it is. And yet, you listen to these guys from Goldman Sachs, this guy, <clears throat> the other one, what's his name, Gary Kahn, these guys. Isn't the point of capitalism to make money? Well, just a certain amount of money, not too much money. Then you're rich. I remember the day when people used to say, you could become a millionaire. You could be worth many, many millions if you work hard and successful and you do this and that. Now it's like uh, it's like the scarlet letter. And the government's going to intervene if they think you're too rich, you see. And they're going to punish you in order to take your money and fund some damn department or agency or some bureaucracy or bureaucrats or whatever it is. It's just disgusting. So people who are rich getting they're going to get rich going to get very little cuts or in certain cases increases. But you don't have to be very rich, ladies and gentlemen. You could be middle income, as the phraseology goes, and get whacked on your taxes, as many of you will. If this keeps up, many of you will, and you're going to wonder what happened and why didn't anyone say anything. I keep saying something. I've been saying something, and it's going to happen. So we have these class warfare Republicans, a.k.a. Republicans, who sound every bit as much as the liberals. Now listen to this Mnuchin again. Cut three, go. If you look at this simply, and people just look at are their personal taxes going up or down, on the personal tax side, middle-income people are getting cuts, and rich people are getting very little cuts or, in certain cases, increases. No, the, 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 what they should be doing and what he should be saying is we're cutting rates across the board. All so-called classes. We don't have classes in America, but the government creates us and puts us in classes. All across, from rich to not so rich. From middle class to not so middle class. From upper middle class to lower middle class. From this class to that class. And that class to this class. Across the board rate cuts. Oh, trickle down. Yeah, it worked last time. When you heard the president talking about the greatest tax cut in American history, when you heard about his plan, did you think it would be like this? I didn't. Nobody did. And you still have the uh, the fakers and the frauds. Uh, well, look, it's good on the corporate side. On the individual side, you know, not so good. But we can live with There's going to be lots of growth, growth, growth. But there may not be growth in your life. There may not be growth for your family. Certainly not enough growth to pay the, to, to pay the taxes that you can no longer uh, offset with deductions, whether it's state income taxes or your property taxes or your alimony payments or whatever it is. 
Unbelievable. Then there's Susan Collins on CNN yesterday. Because, you know, the Senate side, they want to lower the upper rate ever so slightly and then beat you over the head by taking away all these deductions. Look at this. We lower the rates. And notice with this Mnuchin, see, the propaganda has changed. Everybody's going to get a cut. Remember Paul Ryan? No, we're not going to go over 39.6% at the top. No. And they just did. Now, here's Susan Collins. Here's what she's worried about. Cut four, go. The fact is that if you do pull this piece of the Affordable Care Act out, for some middle-income families, the increased premium is going to cancel out the tax So here you have a senator who is defending Obamacare, will defend it to the end. Will cast no votes to defend it, will cast yes votes to defend it, doesn't matter. Susan Collins wants Obamacare, even though you do not. So the Republicans, you got to listen to me, after this term in the House and the Senate, will have enshrined Obamacare forever. There will be no repeal, there will be no replace, except with a single-payer, socialist, government-run system from top to bottom. There will be no way out. No way out. Because of Susan Collins, Lamar Alexander, John Cornyn, and their ilk. So the Republicans are going to enshrine Obamacare forever, even though they control everything. Because uh, Susan Collins, uh, who sounds like Catherine Hepburn, uh, go ahead. And that's why it's so important that we pass the two pieces of legislation that I've talked about. And it's also why we need to restore the tax deduction for state and local uh, taxes the way that the House did. That will help. You see, you see, we got to restore the tax deduction to help people pay the increased Obamacare premiums. Boy, oh boy, does she have her nose under your tent. Is she micromanaging your life? There should be no Obamacare. Repeal it! And there should be across-the-board income tax rate cuts. Cut them! What does all this other stuff have to do with anything? Go ahead. Middle-income taxpayers get more tax relief. I also want to keep the, the tax rate... At right where it is, at 39.6% for people who are making a million dollars or more a year, rather than lowering it, as the Senate bill would do. It's hard to listen to her. Sorry, it just is. So she's got it all figured out. Senator from Maine. I love the state of Maine. What are there, 12 people there? That's why it's fun to live in Maine. Right? Home of the lobsters and the blueberry pies. Everywhere you go, lobster, blueberry pie, lobster, which is great. I love blueberry pie. Not so much lobster, may I say. But there you have it. Susan Collins is the, uh, is, is the Senate majority leader, the Republican leader in the Senate, because she has the power to kill everything. To kill everything. So here's what she wants. She wants the Affordable Care Act. She supports the uh, redistribution of wealthy, cost-sharing, don't you know? Um, 
she uh, favors the rate cuts for the middle-income people. She thinks the rates on the rich should stay where they are. But you should be able to deduct state and local taxes. In other words, whatever she thinks helps her community is fine. Whatever helps the country is not fine. This is the problem of being a liberal. Six of one, half a dozen the other. Meanwhile, we're unraveling as a country in my view. We, it used to be that the Republicans understood cut taxes across the board. They don't even believe in that anymore. They ran on repeal Obamacare ten months ago. They don't even believe in that anymore. And we're supposed to celebrate them. Now she sounds like Mary Tyler Moore in uh, what? What is it? With with uh, yeah, whatever. I can't remember. I'll be right back. Mud Yeah, well, ladies and gentlemen, Border Patrol agents, one was killed and another brutally injured today. And, um... It's a big deal. One had his head smashed, apparently, with rocks. And uh, trying to get the story that I just had, so bear with me. I do not want to use George Stephanopoulos. Here we go. Slain uh, Border Patrol agents were ambushed in Texas, Union says. The Border Patrol agent L.A. Slimes killed Sonny in West Texas was ambushed by migrants who beat him in the head with rocks. Federal officials have yet to provide details about the incident, but the union representing Border Patrol agents described the attack on agent Rogelio Martinez, 36, and his partner as they were responding to reports of suspicious activity in the Big Bend area. And by the way, I watch these shows often. Uh, where we have Border Patrol or local police officers, sheriffs and so forth who are trying to track down illegal aliens and drug abuse and so forth. And I would say not all, but the majority of them, if not the vast majority of them, are Latino on the law enforcement side. The vast majority, it seemed to me, at least what I see anecdotally, are Latino. And they don't get the credit that they deserve. Martinez died at a hospital and his partner, whose name was not released, was in serious condition. What we know is that the Border Patrol agent, Rogelio Martinez, appears to have been ambushed by a group of illegal aliens whom he was tracking. Our agent's reports from the ground say that he was struck in the head multiple times with a rock or rocks. Brandon Judd, a Border Patrol agent, president of the San Diego-based National Border Patrol Council Union, represents 16,000 agents. He said the other agent arrived on scene a short time later and was also ambushed and struck in the head with what is believed to have been a rock or rocks. These disgusting acts and complete disregard for human life need to stop immediately. Family members of the slain agent Martinez will never get to see him come home again, all because we have failed to secure our borders against such criminals. At least 38 Border Patrol agents have died on and off duty since Late 2003, according to records the agency posted. 
But this kind of attack is rare. Just remember Brian Terry, former Marine, fatally shot when his tactical team attempted to arrest a group of suspects near Nogales last April. A suspect was arrested in Mexico, charged in connection with the shooting. Other on-duty attacks include Agent Nicholas Ivey, 30, shot and killed on duty October 2, 2012, while responding to a sensor activation in a remote area near Bisbee, Arizona. Agent Robert Rosas, 30, shot and killed by unidentified assailants while on patrol in a remote border area near Campo, California, 2009. Agent Luis Aguilar, 31, killed on duty near Yuma, Arizona after a smuggler he was pursuing swerved into his car in 2008. Some attacks have been captured on video. So, uh, Martinez, an El Paso native, he graduated in 2007 from the University of Texas, El Paso. He studied graphic design. He's married, he bought a home, he has an 11-year-old son. He, his father said he loved this country, he wanted to serve to protect it from terrorists. He loved his career. And Martinez said he was concerned about his son's safety, especially after he started managing the night shift earlier this year. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we don't know who's coming across the border. As usual, the left turns it into a race issue. Oh, you just don't like Latinos. Oh, you just want people here who aren't white. You don't want people who are black and brown and yellow and red. Oh, it's race. It's race. It's race. It's safety, safety, safety. It's the law, the law, the law. It's assimilation, assimilation, assimilation. No. You're not allowed to secure the border, ladies and gentlemen, because Luis Gutierrez will... uh, Claim that you're a racist. Or who's that jerk on Univision? Ramos? Jorge Ramos will accuse you of being a racist, and nobody wants that. You're not allowed to secure your border. And then when you talk about the killers and the muggers and the rapists and the and the smugglers, and, and not everybody. Well, who said everybody? Obviously, it's not everybody. But we don't know who's coming. Well, get used to it. Get used to it. What's wrong with you? All right, let's take a call, shall we? Matt Nasita, Wisconsin, the great WSAU. Go. Yeah, I was going to talk about LeVar Ball and his comments, but now I see you moved on to border protection and all. And it is tragic that that uh, agent died along with Brian Terry and all that. I have a couple of acquaintances who actually have agents that work for border protection and they say that they were told by their relatives that work for border patrol that not only is it the people that are on this side of the border you know illegally attacking but they've also got you know they also have to watch their six anytime they're any you know going along the fence because they've got people well, 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 they have attacking. to watch their six what are you talking about you know to watch their backside oh okay because they've got you know they've got people Throw, you know, throwing objects and also... Apparently it happens a lot, people throwing rocks and big rocks at the Border Patrol agents. Is that what you hear? They, they hear that and firearms as well. Mm-hmm. Discharge, illegal discharges across the border. It's a dangerous job. All right, oh, my oh, friend, right. I appreciate your call. Yep. Just assume these men and women are going to protect us. But they're in danger. 
David, Los Angeles, California, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Um, as a liberal and a Los Angeles native, I can tell you that LeBar Ball is a jackass. His son did thank the president, and um, because Roy Moore does not admit guilt, does not make him innocent. In fact, from what I've heard, what it, what it, okay, actual case. That you're, you're you're all over the map. Well, you you cover a lot of ground. You're, you're I don't so know. <clears throat> I know, but that's not the point. That it doesn't make him innocent. The point is, this stuff was dropped in our lap. He denies it. It happened 38 years ago. And people are insisting that I and others um, adjudicate him as guilty. I'm not going to adjudicate him as guilty. Well, I heard that... Aren't you a big liberal? Yes, sir. I heard that... And I think that Al Franken, at minimum, should be sanctioned... Al Franken basically confessed. I'll be right back. Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Let us go to Ray in Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Go. Yeah, Mark, this is Ray. Uh, nice talking you, with sir? you, man. Hey, basically, I just wanted to make a comment about LeVar Ball. I just cannot believe him, and I'm a african-american you know i cannot believe that a man would sit up and justify the actions of his son by con basically condemning the president or just uh, uh, not agreeing with what the president did on the behalf of his son to me i would tell ucla you're not playing him this year at all you know because it's teaching it's, it's sending his son's uh, the wrong message that you can you can uh, steal, and there are no consequences to your actions, you know. And I just think it's pathetic that this man would say what he said, uh, basically diss the president, and then want to go on. I guess he's going on ESPN and 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 doubling down, you know. Just I'm like, man, I I knew you were a fool. <laughs> I, I thought you were a fool. But you have dispelled all doubt in my mind that you're, you're, all you're about is money, okay, and there is no morality whatsoever. And that, that's why his son was able to do what he did. I mean, here his, his other son is making all this money, okay. Well, tell me, I, a, lot of, a lot of us don't know what's going on there. I'm, I'm what, is he, what does he do? What does LeVar Ball do? Well, I know he was an athlete. I know he's a media yeah, yeah, personality. But what the hell does he do? Yeah. He sells uh, uh, basketball paraphernalia, I guess. Uh, but I'm talking about his son. Obviously, he's, right. he's playing for the Lakers, so he's making tons of money. Mm -hmm. How in the world can your other son go and steal a pair of glasses from a, from a store where... I mean, when you have a brother that's going to be making millions of dollars, um, that, to me, that just speaks to uh, these kids who are only brought up to play basketball, and as far as morals are concerned, they don't have any. <laughs> well, I think uh, his son 
has basically given him this media fame. Because yeah. otherwise, nobody would give a damn about LeVar Ball, would they? Yeah, but the apology. And, and I mean, yeah, he should have apologized. I'm talking about the son. But by LeVar saying what he said to me, that just made the apology worthless. You know, it just, it just, told, it just tells me that the son really doesn't mean it. You know, he just um, he just did it to save face, maybe to be able to play on the basketball team. I better do something to try to save face. But I just think LaVar Ball is an absolute joke. I mean, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt, you know, just you know, with his antics and, 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 and all. But to do what he's done as far as defending his son in these actions <laughs> – and not siding with the president, you know. Even if you, even if you're a Trump hater, how can you not side with what's right? You know. But that just goes to show the the, the depravity of his dad. That's that's basically all I have to say. All right, my friend. Excellent call. I much appreciate it. Very much appreciate it. I'm gonna have to look into this guy more. You know, if your workplace. Is business casual, guys? A Yale study found that simply dressing a level up earned you greater respect and a success at work. Bottom line, smart guys are dressing for success by upgrading their business dress and business casual wardrobes. And setting the trend for guys who want to punch up their style without breaking the bank is a British shirt company, Charles Tilworth. When you arrive in a CT shirt to work, client meeting, holiday party, you look completely put together. These are the best shirts on the market, and I have many of them, and I want you to try them too. Check out this deal. One CT shirt normally costs 100 bucks, but right now you'll get three shirts for just $99. One CT shirt, normally 100 bucks, now you get three for 99 So what is that? That's 60% off. And CT shirts come with free delivery, a six-month Quality guarantee for six months and free returns. 99 bucks gets you three amazing CT shirts. But you need to hurry. Go to ctshirts.com slash Levin. That's ctshirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ctshirts.com slash Levin. I never heard of this guy before. I know most people who follow... Uh, uh, you know the sporting programs and so the sports programs and so forth know who he is, but I know who he is now, and I'm going to look even more deeply. Levar Ball. <clears throat> uh, I don't think Joe uh, Scarbo knows who he is. As I'm starting to look here, he's been extremely controversial. He's made numerous, or at least enough, uh, really intense racist type comments or racialist comments, if you will, and so forth. Uh, Again, I'm going to have to look more deeply into this guy, but for Joe Scarborough and the others, Brian Stetzler, Stetler, they don't even know who this guy is. They haven't even looked into who this guy is. Pretty incredible. And yet, Trump, 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 Trump. Flora, Orlando, Florida. How are you? Hi, Mark. How are you, ma'am? I'm good. Um, my comment is, I'll get right to it. Uh, my comment is, if he had, le- I'm, I'm 
from Orlando, Florida. I'm African-American conservative. If he had left them over there, he would have been racist. He brought them back. He's still racist. President Trump cannot win. And so after to, after that comment the father made, I started thinking, I finally figured out, oh, now I know what the left means about global warming. Their brains have been fried. <laughs> crazy. Well, maybe so. He's the father of uh, Lonzo, who I think all of us have heard of, plays for the uh, L.A. Lakers, who is an excellent player. But I think uh, most of his fame is now coming through that son. Flora, thank you for your call, my friend. Much appreciated. Let's go to Eden, Daytona Beach, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Hey, Mark. Doing great. Thanks. You bet. Been listening to you forever. Wow, thank you. It's a long time. Look, I just had one quick comment point I wanted to make, and that is that I believe that the UCLA boys that came back just now are not even men. aware of the event. The young men are unaware mm. unaware of the event of Tiananmen Square that even took place. And if they, they may were, not be, but but <laughs> to be shoplifting in a country like that—that's about as stupid as it gets. Yeah, I think it speaks out for Everybody thinks that the United States, where you get away with stuff, or, you know, our press pretends to be a free press. You want to go try that stuff? Try it in places that are autocracies and worse, and uh, then show us how much courage you have. But trashing Trump, or trashing conservatives, or trashing Hannity, or trashing Fox, or whatever, that doesn't take courage. That's not what the First Amendment's all about. And uh, this guy, this guy's a real schmuck, this LeVar Ball. I'm sorry, he just is. They got to come back so quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not so fortunate. No, he bailed him out of there, Trump. Trump said, I want him out, and they got him out. All right, Eden. Thank you, buddy. Let's continue. Deb, Springfield, Missouri, the great KSGF. I'm starting to notice our lines are filled up with people who are disgusted with this LeVar Ball. Go ahead. Yes. Hi, Mark. Hi, Deb. Um, I'm a longtime listener out of self-defense, and I'm a retired Army nurse. God bless you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I just want to talk about those basketball players and uh, Trump, Mm -hmm. President of the United States, got them to come home, and now he's a racist. And I, you know, other people have said, you know, well, what if he had left them there? He'd be a racist also. Uh, I, he can't win. And, uh, I'm just. Well, let me, let me, let's talk in the language of the left. So here we have a white president who gets the release of three African American athletes. And it's Mm -hmm. now twisted, as you point, it's now twisted to the point where he is race baiting and dog whistling. That's how sick this has become. I know everything they pull. The, the race card is always out there. I mean, it just you can't. He can't do it. And you have and and the people who pull it the most are these white leftists, uh, many of whom are on uh, uh, TV and uh, on cable in particular, CNN and MSNBC, uh, who treat their staff like crap. I mean, I'm just so sick of the Democrats. I mean, I remember as an eight-year-old child hearing my grandpa say those democrats all they want to do is give it away and uh well here we are today the same mm-hmm. thing all right my friend appreciate your call wendy long island new york the great wabc go you are correct 
Um, I wanted to say that I can't believe what I heard um, the father say yesterday about the basketball player. Um, I think that he should thank the president profusely, be a little more humble, kiss the president's toes, because his son could have come back dead just like the And by the way, that's not a race thing, white, red, or in between. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, of course not. I would. If my son or daughter did something foolish, they're overseas, and the president of the United States personally gets them released... I mean, I'd be indebted to him for the rest of my life, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. That that would be after I smacked my kid for doing what he did. Absolutely. But uh, because I was thinking about the the college boy who came back dead from North Korea. Okay, so Mm -hmm. that could have been his fate if maybe Obama was president. Who knows? Mm -hmm. No, you're quite right. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, I have Mr. Barney, my dog, my dog's son, I call him. Come over here, Barney. He escaped. Come here. There's an area where I keep him when I'm on the air. Come here. So he doesn't go up down the steps and hurt his back, but he escaped. He escaped. He's a... And uh, I found him around my feet during the last segment. I looked down there and thought... What, I have a mouse in this place? And it was Barney's nose, his snout. So here's the thing. I have to hope he doesn't lift his leg in the uh, bunker. Do you know why, Mr. Producer? Because he marks everything. I'm embarrassed to say I was walking him a week or two ago outside, which is where you normally walk a dog. Come here, Barney. Come here, mister. And (laughs) And my neighbor stopped to talk, and he lifted his leg on my neighbor. Did I tell you that, Rich? He urinated on my neighbor's foot, on the shoe. I said, oh, my Lord, I'm embarrassed because he's marking the neighbor because they just bought a puppy. Hey, you, come here. <laughs> That's right. Don't hit the Zephyr. The Zephyr is like the, uh, the entire brain of the broadcast here. You know, i got to tell you, now that I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for a while, I would pick it over every mattress I ever owned. I don't care about the brand name or anything else. Right, Barney? Over here, big boy. Barney's got one, too, by the way. It really does help me get the best night's sleep, period. And once you try Casper, you're going to love yours as much as I love mine. Switching to a Casper, that's a no-brainer. It's a higher-quality mattress at a more affordable price. I'm sleeping cool and comfortably every night, thanks to Casper's two high-tech foams, much better than on the old overpriced mattress I used to have. Casper ships right to your door for free in a small, how-they-do-it-sized box. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything. From its breakthrough design and superior quality to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights, it's no wonder Casper was named one of Fast Company's most innovative brands of 2007. No, it was. 2017, I should say. Sleeping on a mattress is the best way to try it. Put Casper to the test in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. Go to Casper.com. Use code MARK for $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress by using my name, code MARK. 
Casper.com, terms and conditions apply. You try doing a radio show while you're trying to keep your dog in one arm, and he keeps wanting to get down. Oh, yeah. Carl, Germantown, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Hello, sir. I have a different on this uh, LeVar Ball issue than you do. All right. Um, LeVar Ball has been exploiting his son's uh, success as basketball players for over a year now for his own purposes, trying to market his own interests. And he's a clown. Mm -hmm. And I'm disturbed that the president would think it was necessary to even respond to this guy. Well, but you know what? He may not know who he is either. I didn't. I never heard of this guy before. He's Mr. President. I obviously heard of his son. I didn't even know about the father. But, but I think that he should, you know, before he gets out there, take find out who the guy is. The guy, the sons, the young men did the right thing. They gave a very appropriate, heartfelt apology for what they did, and thanks to the president. Mm-hmm. This man is a clown and not worthy of the president's time or attention. Well, let me ask you this. Why are all the sports shows giving this guy this attention? No, your your buddy Stephen A. Smith has taken this guy to task before. No, no, no. I know that. I just looked he, it up. But, but why? 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 But some of the other guys, apparently he's going to be on ESPN or he was on ESPN. That's exactly what he wants. Because in a sick way, he's trying to sell shoes for $500, and he knows that any attention is good attention, even if it's negative attention. Why? Why would these... Uh, Phony white liberals at CNN and MSNBC take up for this guy. You know, I, I don't have to answer for them because I'm not one of them. I'm just disturbed that the president thinks he needs to respond to people like this. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a whole lot more pressing things, I know, with his time to do than to respond to someone like this. All right. I didn't even, I'm telling you, I'm guessing he didn't know who he was either. All right, Carl. Good call. Appreciate it. Arnold, Kingsville, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. I just yes, um, wanted to call and, and uh, let you know that I really, truly appreciate you bringing the fact uh, that uh, one of our agents, Border Patrol agents, was uh, killed in uh, Van Horn, Van Horn, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it turns my stomach to know that uh, that happened. Uh, it ha- it's happening more often than, uh, you know, the public actually wants to... Uh, Admit, you know, with um, down here in South Texas, we lost Javier Vega Jr. and uh, a few others, uh, Javier Vega down in uh, the Raymondville area, Willacy County, and uh, that wasn't very that, that wasn't spoken of uh, very often, you know, to to the point to where it died. I'd hate for uh, this this story to turn around and die because the media doesn't want to turn around and talk about it. I'm glad that you're bringing it up. Uh, our agents are faced with this constantly, having re- responded to. Censors in the past, you know, with uh, my fellow agents, very few of us, too many of them, uh, coming through the border. Now, where are you an agent, generally speaking? I'm, I'm retired. I retired. Where, where were you? In Kingsville, yeah. Texas, Falfurias, and Yuma, Arizona. And tell people how desolate many of these areas are. I mean, it's very dangerous. Very des- yes, very desolate, and you're, you're working sometimes by yourself. Uh, when I first came in, we only had 2,900 uh all together in in the end when i retired we had about two, uh, twenty thousand, but that's still a drop in the bucket because people think oh that's twenty thousand men and women on the border no they have to sleep there's there's uh you know there's different tours that people do they have backup and stuff like that all right man thank you for your service 
Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and I salute you. Thanks for listening. And I will be bringing Barney back upstairs, give him a little something to eat, take him outside so he can mark another neighbor. See you tomorrow. God bless you.